forever. Amen. That's why David could say in Psalms 23, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. His mercy and compassions, they are new every morning. Great is God's faithfulness. Amen. Praise God. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord again tonight. Amen. Hopefully everybody got your monthly theme uh, chart so you know where we're headed this year. Uh, We're talking, it's going to be talking about characteristics of uh, true Christianity. Amen. We're going to be moving forward. We're going to be moving forward in a lot of areas, going deeper and deeper in the Word of God. Amen. Unfolding things. You know, the Psalms just says in Psalms 119, verse 18, Open down my eyes that I may behold the wonders out of thy law. There's so much things in the Word of God, you know, and if we get into the Word of God and we begin to allow God's Spirit to open us up and begin to write that Word in our hearts and give us, you know, understanding, you know, in first, I mean, in Isaiah 11, Isaiah says that the spirits it talks about the seven spirits of God, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, might, counsel, the fear of the Lord, and righteousness. See, these things should be in us. That's what God desires. He, he wants everything that is in him to be in us. And that's the purpose of the new birth. See, we, we bore the image of the earthy. We took on the world's ways. And as a result, we saw it wasn't working. <laughs> and so Jesus developed a new process called the new birth. And so we're being born again for a special purpose, and that is to reflect him in everything uh, that we do. Amen. So we want to get right in, uh, kind of like picking up from where we left off last month. We was talking about growing and uh, knowledge and understanding. But now we're moving into the new birth. We always need to go back a little bit and just think about where we came from and how long ago it was. You know, and you can look at your life and say, okay, I was born again at this point in my life or these many years ago. And then you have to look at that yardstick and you have to ask yourself, where am I? If I was born back here 15, 20 years ago, where am I now? Am I in the same holding pattern? Do I know no more now than when I was born again? You know, we got to move on to perfection. See, God's got a purpose for you. But it's up to each of us, you know, how we develop and grow. The Bible says in Romans 12:3, he has dealt to every man a measure of faith. So what do I do with mine? What did I do with what God gave me? You know, there's certain things came with the Holy Ghost. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. You know, these things came with my Holy Ghost. So I have to ask myself, where are they now? You know, that's why Peter says, if you add to your faith virtue, virtue knowledge, knowledge temperance, temperance patience, patience godliness, godliness brotherly kindness. He says, if these things be in you and abound, he says, you'll never be unbearing. 
and unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because as you are developing things of God in you, you're going to become more like him. And you're going to always build that relationship. That's why you pray. That's why you sing songs. That's why you study. You're, you're trying to build that relationship with God. If that's not the purpose, then you're here for the wrong reason. See, you might as well go ahead on to serve the devil because that's where you're going to wind up anyhow. You know? So you need to make sure that you build that relationship because the more of God you know, the happier you're going to be, the more excited you're going to be, the more you're going to know. As you study the Word of God, that's all you're learning is more wisdom and knowledge and understanding, you know, how to deal with life issues and life circumstances is what God is trying to get us to see here. So we're talking tonight, we're going to start this month talking about the new birth, and we know the story of John chapter 3. The Bible says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, the same came to Jesus by night, and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher to come from God, for no man can do these miracles thou do except God be with him. Verse 3, amen. Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says, well, how can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter into his mother's womb the second time and be born again? And Jesus says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again of the water and the spirit, he cannot what? He can't enter into the kingdom of God. He can't enter into the kingdom of God. Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Okay? First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.5, he says, The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So we should be flowing over with righteousness, peace, and joy. We talked a little bit about joy Sunday morning. We'll get back to that again this Sunday a little bit too. So, but but we 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 need to be born again. This new birth. When we think of the new birth, we think of being regenerated as something new. Why did Jesus tell Nicodemus that he needed to be born again to understand what he was teaching and speaking? Because Jesus was teaching of spiritual things, and they was trying to understand him by natural means. Spiritual things can only be understood by spiritual means, as Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. The Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. And we, that we might, that we might, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the world, words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaching, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man received not the things of the Spirit of God, 
for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can we know them because they are spiritually discerned. Did you get your lesson back there? There's lessons. Can you give him a matter lesson? Amen. First Corinthians 2, 9 through 14. So we're going to look at this new birth. Amen. The new birth. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 through 27. The Lord says, a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and you shall keep my judgments and do them. So God is saying, I'm going to make you new. Say, And so the process, we call it the new birth or being born again, is a process where God is going to change us. He's going to make us new. He sees that our lives are all messed up in the world. Say, And so he came to bring about new things. He says, I make all things new. Now, if you notice what Paul is saying here to the church at Corinth, he says, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the hearts of men, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But notice what he says. He's revealed them to us by his spirit. So we are supposed to know what God has for us. Because the Holy Ghost teaches us. The Holy Ghost shows us. The Holy Ghost opens our understanding so that we can see things clear. Here is what Paul is trying to get us to be able to see. Because God wants us to go deeper. He don't want us to just be about shadow Christianity. See? That's why Paul is saying, let's go on to perfection. Let's get completed in God. Let's, you know, let's build our lives on this structure and commit ourselves 100% to Jesus. And that's why we are being born again. That's why the purpose of the new birth is a regeneration, is a new start. It's like God has said, look, I understand all the junk you've made, all the mistakes you made, all the things you've done wrong. So I'm going to give you a whole new, brand new start. See, it's, it's what he, he's doing. And that's why the process, see, that's why the process of being born again is of the water and the spirit. You see, when the Israel was in captivity, Egypt represents the world. So what did God do? He bought them out. And he took them through the Red Sea, right, to head them to the promise. Well, it's the same way with us. What is transpiring here, when we come out of the world, for where do we go? To the baptism tank, <laughs> right? Okay, the same process. Look at 1 Corinthians 10. Go to 1 Corinthians 10. Starting with verse 1. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1.
Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant. Okay? He said, okay, education time. I don't want you to be stupid. You need to know what you got. You need to know who you are. How that all of our fathers was under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. The cloud represents the spirit. The Red Sea represents the water. That's why you are born again of the water and the spirit. They had to have both. And did all eat the same spiritual meat. They all had the same manna. They all had the same quail. We all have the same word of God. Okay? We all have the same food to eat. 66 books. All right? That we can eat daily. Okay? Notice. And did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drink of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. See? They had a rock that followed them, and he says that rock was Christ. They all drink from the same spiritual rock. When Moses spoke to the rock the first time, it gave water. He smoked it the second time, it still gave water. The second time, it cost him, though. But, but they still all drink. What God had for them. Remember Jesus says. I'll be in you a well of water. Springing up unto eternal life. See. It's the same process. If you want to look at it from a communion standpoint. They all had the same meat. And the same drink. As well. Okay. But with many of them. God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. Verse 6. Now these things were our example. To the intent, we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted, neither be ye idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day 23,000. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpent. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed by the destroyer. Verse 11, Now the, all these things happen unto them for an example, and they are written for our ammunition unto the whom the ends of the world is come. Let him that thinks he stand take heed, lest he fall. Notice what Paul is saying here. He, he's given us, he says, that was all our example. See, being born again, the new birth, is you don't go back and do the same old things. See? You have to get to a point in your walk with God that you don't keep regressing. See? These things are your example of what transpired. They was born again. See? They had the new birth. But what happened? They still wanted to be in the world. They wanted to do what the world did. See? If you wasn't going to do that, why did you get born again? Why did you need a new birth if you were going to keep doing the same old thing? See, so we can't follow that same pattern and stay on that course and expect good to come out of it. See, 
we've got to obey God's word. We've got to live this new life that he has given us. We are regenerated. And so that's why Jesus is telling Nicodemus here, he's saying, you know, you're not going to understand it unless you're born again. Say, you've got to start afresh. You've got to start all over again. You know, Paul, right into the church at Corinth then. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45 through 49, he says, The first man is of the earth. He says, goes as, And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last man, Adam, was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that which was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterwards that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So what is the image of the heavenly? How do we get that image of the heavenly? You got to be born again. (laughs) You've got to be born again. You need a new birth. See? You've got to be born again of the water and the spirit. And once you take on the spirit, that's why Isaiah 11, 1 talks about the seven spirits of God. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding, might, counsel, the fear of the Lord, and righteousness. See? And then you have the fruit that began to develop in you. Love. Why? Because God is love. Joy. God is joy. Peace. He's the peace that passeth all understanding. He's patience. Long-suffering, they call it. Okay? Then you have gentleness. You have goodness. You have faith. You have meekness. You have temperance. Against such there is no law. See? So the fruit of the Spirit starts to develop from the Spirit. I'm never going to have the, the fruit until I have the Spirit. See? You have to be born again to have the things of God in you. It's what the, he's trying to get us to see. If we're going to bear his image or we're going to reflect him, then this is what's got to transpire, see, to be like God. Look at Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 through 5, and then we're going to jump down to 15, verse 15. Now, we know the story where God is changing Abraham and Sarah's names, right? Notice, and when Abraham was 90 years old, and nine, he's 99 years old, right? The Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Lord God Almighty, Almighty God. Walk before me and be Thou perfect. 
and I will make a covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. Now notice, look at that. Okay? Notice how God changes his name from Abram to Abraham. Okay? He slides the M over and he put H-A in between. Okay, keep that in your mind, right? And we're going to come right back. Go to verse 15. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. He drops the I and give her an H. The H and the H-A, ha a he, or Hebrew tetragrammatons, letters, the Hebrew, and it means Jehovah. It means God. So what God says is, I'm going to be in you, Abraham. And with Sarah, he puts on the H on the end. What's inside must be on the outside. Abraham and Sarah are one. You become one in Christ. See? So God would always be in them. That's why when you are born again, what did Jesus say in John 14? I will take up residence in you. And we know that he is God. So God takes up residence in us. What has happened? We are born again. We become partakers of the new birth. We take on the image now of the heavenly and no longer the earthy. As long as Abram was Abram and Sarah was Sarai, Abram means, you know, big daddy. (laughs) You know, if you want to put it that way. Sarai means dominant woman. But when God gets involved, he becomes the father of the multitude, Abraham, and she becomes a princess. See? So he changes us to be like him. See? Make sense? Okay. See, so, so you see there's purpose for this being born again. This new birth process is to bring us to be just like him. See, we already bore the image of the earth. It ain't getting us any place. See, now we want to be like him. We want to be like the heavenly. We want to be like Jesus from the creation, the way it was supposed to be from the beginning. His seed to be in us here. That's why David would write in Psalms 51.10, creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. See, 
I've got to have the right spirit in me. If not, I'm going to keep doing wrong. Hey, this, this, this inward man has got to be right. See, because why? My father is righteous. So if I'm not doing right, I have to keep asking myself, what's in me? See, John says in John chapter, uh, chapter, first John chapter three, verse 10, he says, and this, is manifested the children of God and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. See, because God is love and God is righteous. See, so we that image, we, we got to have his image. If we say we're born again. Because we're called now to reflect him to a lost and dying world. Notice what Jesus says in Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and 19. When he comes out of the wilderness and he goes into the synagogue and they handed him the scripture. And he turns to the book of Isaiah and he stands up to read and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he hath anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor. This is part of the new birth process. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart. The priest delivers to the captive. The recover of the sight to the blind. And to set at liberty them that are bruised. And to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. See, the new birth process, when I take on him, I've got to become like him. I got to start doing what he did. That's why he told his disciples, go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. See, the new birth puts us into motion and into actions because we're reflecting of him. That's why when he's teaching on the Sermon on the Mount and he says, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. He says, you're like a city now. You're put on a hill. You can't be hid. Why is that? Because God is light. See? You can't walk in darkness and expect to reflect light. That's the same way James tells us in the third chapter. You know, you don't get sweet water and bitter water out of the same fountain. See, you've got to let your light shine. God is in you. And the more of the word and the more the things of God is going into you, the the virtue, the knowledge, the, you know, the temperance, the patience, the more of this stuff that keeps coming into you that you're developing, the more of Christ is going to reflect on the outside of you. Because what's in has got to be out. (laughs) Excuse me. So this is what God is trying to get us to see here in this process of being born again. And this new, <coughs> excuse me, being born again. Now notice what Peter, go to First Peter chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. <coughs> 
Amen. <coughs> we there? Notice what Peter now is writing to the church. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Verse, being what? Born again, not of corruptible seed, but by incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Remember, Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. We know that he's the word. In other words, he's saying, I'm not going anyplace. I'm God. I'm the Alpha. I am the Omega. I am the beginning. I am the ending. See? So we're born again by the word of God. The only way you can be born again is by Jesus. That's why Peter says in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name in the heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. See, so it's the word of God that changes us. You heard Peter said, Paul says to the church in Ephesus in the first chapter. He says, you heard the words of truth. The gospel of your salvation. He says you was then sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption procession should come. Unto the praise and to the glory of his glory. See, this is what is transpiring here. The word of God changes us. Go to John 15. I am the what? True vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh it away. But every branch in me that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean by the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in thee, except as the branch cannot bring forth fruit, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. Say, notice, how are you clean? By the word of God. It's the process. Notice what he says. If it don't bear fruit, what happens? He cuts it off. See, he purged the tree. It's a purging, is a cleansing process. That's where he's coming from. When you go, if you ever seen a guy with apple tree orchards and berry orchards and all this stuff, every year they go out and they cut stuff off. If there's dead limbs, they're taking it out. Say, if if it's producing, if it's big back here and real little out here and it's getting longer and longer, they're going to trim it back so it'll be stronger. That's why the, Paul writing to the church in the Hebrews, he says, don't think it's strange some of the fire trials is going to try you. He goes on and says in the 12th chapter, 
whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. God is going to cut some things off of you. Sometimes it's going to be painful. But what is he doing? He's cleaning you. Maybe you've been holding on to some junk in your life for a long time. And, and, and it's not producing anything. You know, all he's doing is making you more bitter and bitter and bitter and bitter. You're not producing any fruit. You're not bringing forth any love. You're not bringing forth any joy. So what is God going to do? He's going to cut it off. See, it, when God starts taking junk out of your life because you won't let it go at the altar of repentance, it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you. You know, and sometimes it's going to be very painful for what you have to go through before you let it go. Because the new birth process, you ain't going to be able to keep that stuff in you. I'm here to tell you. And be his kid. He's, he's going to cut it out of you. So you need to be aware. So I choose the quick way out. <laughs> I just get, get rid of it. You know, as quickly as possible. Any bitterness, hate, anger. Prejudice, whatever is in your life, you know, is easy if I let it go than for him to have to cut it off. He's a doctor. He's a tough surgeon. And he don't use a whole lot of anesthetics. <laughs> uh, back in the old days, he just had to bite the bullet. You know, that's where they called that came from. You got to bite the bullet. They put a bullet in his mom and tell him to bite down on it while they cut and did surgery or, you know, and stuff. It was painful, see? And we don't want to go through that. So Jesus says, look, I am the vine, you are the branches. He says, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you can ask what you want and it'll be done unto you. Notice. You can get anything you want if you stay in the vine. See, you're being cleansed. You're being purged by the word of God. That's why James tells us, he says, don't just be a hearer. You got to be a doer of what God is saying to complete the birth process here. You know? If you're going to be born again, you're going to have to get to the point where you're doing what the Word of God is telling us to do. So Peter says, seeing you purify your soul by the Word of God, he says, goes on here, he says, see what? That you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again, First Peter, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. See? So this is what he's trying to help us to this point to get us to. So to be born again, to be this new person that God wants us to be. I want to be in you. I want to live right in you. I want to direct you, God is saying. So why do we need a new spirit? Why do we need? Go to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, verse 22 through 24. Now Paul writing to the church of Ephesus says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. Okay? You remember all that junk he used to talk? 
you know, all the filthy language, all that stuff, all the gossip, all the backbiting, all that stuff. All that stuff, he says, you need to put that off now. Matter of fact, when you get to the fifth chapter, he, he tells you there's some things, and I, I probably won't get there tonight, but he says, you know, don't ever let it be once named amongst you as coming saints. In other words, don't let some of the things you used to do once you're born again be even mentioned as being in your life. That's what he's saying in the fifth chapter. He says, but you need to put off concerning the former conversation of your former behavior. That's what the word conversation here means, is your former behavior. The old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. But be renewed where? In the spirit of your mind. See, that's what Paul, he told him in Romans 12. I'm begging you to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which at the God is created in righteousness and true holiness. See, the new man, he's right. He's wrong. He's holy. Why is he holy? Because God is holy. That's why I can't understand why people fight against holiness. No. All, you, all holiness is is separation. You let go of the world. You don't reflect the world. You don't act like the world. You don't look like the world. You don't do what the world do. We are in the world, Paul says, but we're not of the world. We're new creatures in Christ Jesus. So we put on true holiness, not following the ways of the world, not following this cunning and craftiness of the enemy of our soul anymore. You're not the same old person. You're a new creature in Christ. This is why Paul is saying, look, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. First, Second Corinthians five seventeen, and all things become new. We're newborn creatures. We got a fresh start. That's what we went to the waters. We, that's why we repented. That's why we were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the remission of our sins. To reflect him. To be like him. Go to the fifth chapter. Starting at verse 1. The fifth chapter of Ephesians. Starting at verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God. As dear children. And walk in love. As Christ also have loved us. And have given himself for us in offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be once named amongst you as becoming saints. 
neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which is not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be ye therefore partakers not with them. For you were sometime darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as the children of light. Notice, walk as the children of light. Now let's look real quick down to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. I'm going to start at verse 5. And this is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So is there any darkness in your life? You got any hidden, hidden wrongs? You got any hidden lies, any hidden sins, anything hidden in your closet? He says, in God there's no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, does what? cleanse us from all our sins. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Say, that's why I said in the 15th, John 15, if you got wrong in your life, he's going to cut it off. And it's going to be painful. Because darkness can't be in light. The word of God, Paul says in Hebrews 4.12, is quick, is powerful, and is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividers of under of soul and spirit and joint and mire, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intent of your heart. See, you are his. And so the process of being born again is we got to get rid of the junk. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, that junk was for our example. So we don't do the same thing. 
We've got the warning. We've got the admonition of what we should do. Amen. And so we need His Spirit. I need His Spirit so I can understand what I'm doing. I need His Spirit so I know how to live and do what is right. The Holy Ghost will bring you into all truth. His Spirit will lead you, it will guide you, it will direct you. It gives you joy unspeakable and full of glory. It makes you like your dad. (laughs) It makes you feel good. Paul, writing to the church of Rome in the 8th chapter, in the ninth verse, he says, but you're not in the flesh. You're in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. He says, but if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Notice this value of this New birth process. His spirit is in you now. You're his. Verse, go to verse, uh, uh, is this nine, ten. Let's go to verse ten. And if Christ be in you, what's going on? The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. See, if Christ is in you, sin is dead. See, it's supposed to be dead in you. It's not supposed to be in you. See, that's why he says in the sixth chapter, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abide? God forbid. No way. You buried the old God. So what are you doing sinning? That's what he's saying here. This new birth process is to keep us. If I was going to sin, I might as well have stayed over here and do it, kept doing what I was doing. I might as well go down to the club and have sit on the bar suit. I might as well get on the dance floor and do disco dad and all that other stuff. I might as well be the same person I used to be. Get off work, go buy me a fifth, drink, get drunk, have a good time on the weekend, go back to work on Monday, do it all over again the next week, spend my money on foolishness. I might as well, that's what I might as well do if I'm going to sin. The new birth process is to make me a new creature, a new man, a new woman. To be like dad on high, my heavenly father. See, this is, notice, if Christ be in you, the body is dead, but the spirit is life. Because now you know why? You're doing right. That's all righteousness is, is doing what is right. Righteousness is the white linen of the saints of God. That's what's going to get you into heaven. This is The Spirit is just the earnest of your inheritance of what's waiting for you in heaven. If you don't do right, you are not going to get it. Verse 11. Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the same spirit to dwell in you. You're going to, hey, this is like a 747 with afterburners, man. When it's time to go, notice what Paul says. The Lord shall descend for heaven with a shout and the dead in Christ shall out of here. 
If you ain't got the spirit, you ain't got nothing to lift you up and get you out of here. But as long as you got it, that's why the book of Revelation said you've had part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over you. You're gone, man. As soon as, you, as, soon as your heart stopped beating, you're gone. <laughs> you're gone to be with the man. <laughs> Amen. So he that raised up Christ from death shall also quicken your mortal body by the same spirit that dwell in you. Verse 12, therefore, brother, we're debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh, because if you live after the flesh, guess what? You're going to die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify, crucify, kill the deeds of the body, what's going to happen? You're going to live. For as many as led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. 15, for we have not received the spirit of bondage, again, the fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, hey, Dad, (laughs) Father, notice, verse 16, the spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children... Then your heirs, your heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, we may be glorified together. Verse 18. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory. that's going to be revealed in us. Think about what you're going to look like when you get there. I got a rope. You got a rope. All God's children got a rope. So notice here, we need his spirit, amen, to raise us out of here. We need his spirit to be his. See, that's why we've got to be born again. That's why we've got to have this new birth process, amen, to get on down the road. Amen. Praise God. We'll bear it with him by baptism. Amen. To rise in newness of life. See, he wants us to be just like him. And that requires us to have his spirit, this new birth process. Amen. Praise God. Woo. All right, man, where did 8 o'clock come to him so quick? All right. Amen. So this is where we're heading out. That was just a a forethought there at the beginning. So <laughs> just giving you a foretaste of what God has for us this month on the new birth. But we but we we're going to search the value and the importance of of this new birth. What it really means to us to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's what it's all about. See. Who am I? What am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to look like? You know, my conduct, my behavior, my actions with this new, this new life now that I have. See, not to keep following the old patterns and the old ways of life. 
old things become new. So I have to ask myself, am I reflecting the newness? You know, I got a new car, man. Everybody wants to see it, right? Everybody wants it. It has a new smell to it. It has a new, everything just is different. It's just ride nice, you know. It's not like an old hoopty, you know. You know, you get that old hoopty, man, you could hear every squeak and wind coming through and rust and everything else. <laughs> 64 BTU, driving around 60 miles an hour with four windows down. Amen. So, but God wants us to be new. He wants us to be new. Amen. All right. Don't forget, amen, Sunday morning, prayer 9, discipleship class 930. Amen. Worship service. Amen. Immediately.